he has shown that he does not have any kind of regard for the Constitution or much understanding for the three branches of government. Hi there, it's WAMC News Director Ian Pickus, and on this episode of the WAMC News Podcast, Dr. Maya Rockymore Cummings. She's giving a virtual talk Wednesday night for Berkshire Ali, the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute. Cummings, a former chair of the Maryland Democratic Party, will be discussing her late husband's posthumous memoir, We're Better Than This. Democratic Congressman Elijah Cummings chaired the House Committee on Oversight and Reform until his death about a year ago. So my husband lived his life and every day of his life like it, there was a sense of urgency. And there was this urgency because, of course, he had a life-threatening illness. But even in death, he is urgently calling on the American people to do what's right. I mean, his unfinished business was that he knew uh, that we were at a, a dangerous inflection point as a country. Uh, in fact, I call it our zero moment, uh, where the choices that we make now uh, will either allow us to continue on or it could actually uh, cause us to actually drown. Uh, it's time for us to make a decision as a nation about what kind of country we want to be. Uh, and I think that there, he felt very strongly that there was probably no more consequential moment uh, in our modern history than this particular election period. Um, how come? Uh, I imagine that you share those feelings, but you could uh, maybe help us out by explaining your view on that as well. Yeah, because two things. Uh, one, we have a person who is in the highest office of the land, Donald Trump, as president of the United States, who has complete irrever irreverence, if not hostility, to our democratic norms and our institutions. Uh, he has, uh, you know, decided to use uh, public institutions like uh, the post office, uh, you know, certainly like the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, like the Justice Department, against the American people and for his own benefit. Uh, he has shown that he does not have any kind of regard for the Constitution or much understanding for the three branches of government. Uh, he has shown that and he has admitted uh, that he is willing to game the court system in order to uh, use it for his own political advantage with this recent nomination of a Supreme Court justice. In any normal time, the American people would be sending uh, this man packing for the door. But we have a cult of personality, a cult of celebrity, if you will, I think that is giving this man a pass. Uh, you know, certainly he has presented himself as a celebrity and a multi-billionaire, uh, and we're finding out the truth uh, of all of that. But, you know, in the process, we've got too many people who are not paying attention to the constant and persistent lies. They're not paying attention to the constant and repeated violations. This man has been impeached. Uh, he has been one of only three uh, presidents in the history of the United States of America who have been impeached, although he was not convicted in the Senate. And that brings me to the second point. And the second point is one of what I call partisan uh, asymmetrical warfare. I think that the Republican Party, when I first arrived on the Hill, they used to talk so much about how they were enamored of the Constitution, how they stood for it, how they were patriots. Uh, and yet they have been willing to let violation after violation go past, including protecting, aiding and abetting uh, a president who has, um, you know, who has uh, proven himself to and his administration who have proven themselves to actually have a corrupt bent. Uh, and so with that, you know, we're just very concerned and Elijah was very concerned that we are in a perfect storm. We have a major political party where people don't seem to have the public will to actually break 
from the president to do what's right for the country. And this means that it's dangerous and that we need people everywhere in every state across the country to actually break and, and do the right thing in terms of their vote in the fall. Congressman Cummings was a key figure in that impeachment, but earlier he had tried to build a relationship with President Trump and the Trump administration. Uh, How come that didn't get off the ground and why did things uh, sour so badly? Yeah, so we went to, uh, there was a, I don't know if you recall, but when that was inaugurated in January of 2017, there was a Democratic call to boycott the inauguration because people felt like Trump was he, he stole the election, essentially. Uh, and so, you know, Elijah uh, actually um, thought to go anyway, and we did attend. Uh, and afterwards, we went to the luncheon uh, with President Trump and his family. Uh, and so we went up to him, and, you know, Elijah introduced us and asked for a personal meeting. He said that I, he wanted to work with him uh, in order to do some good for the American people. If there was any good that can be done, he especially wanted to focus on reducing prescription drug costs. To the president's credit, he immediately turned to Vice President Pence and said, set it up. And they set it up. Uh, Elijah went to the meeting with high hopes. He actually initially thought that the meeting went well. Uh, he walked out of the meeting, and then the president went to the, uh, the news media and then promptly lied about what Elijah said inside the meeting. Uh, And that left a very bad and bitter taste in Elijah's mouth. He basically had the chance to meet the man, uh, to commune one-on-one with him for an extended period of time. Uh, And and based on what happened subsequently, uh, he felt like it was not possible, that this man's character was fundamentally flawed, uh, and it was not possible to actually establish uh, a, a, a relationship built on integrity with him. And so that then, of course, led to, um, you know, what happened next were a whole slew of investigations that came towards Eliza's committee. You know, everything from the tax returns of the president uh, to the treatment of children and their families at the southern border uh, to the U.S. Census question, which turned out to be a racist question. Uh, There were all kinds of uh, scandals coming out of the Trump White House, not to mention the ongoing scandal of the Russia connection. Uh, and so with that, you know, he just uh, felt so strongly about this that he spent the almost the entirety of his last year of life preparing a text, this book, to warn the American people about the danger that we are in in this moment in time. You worked for the Congressional Black Caucus in Congress. Um, president Trump says he's done more for black people than any other president since Lincoln. How do you react to that? Yeah. So as we know, President Trump has his mendacity knows no bounds. Uh, He is constantly telling tall tales, and this is one of the tallest. Uh, Certainly, we we know that uh, the unemployment right now, particularly around COVID, uh, has uh, skyrocketed for African-Americans. Our our, uh, unemployment rate is actually 16 percent compared to approximately 11.5 percent for whites. Uh, But COVID itself is a telling tale. And COVID itself uh, is um, just just shows the the deep disparities that we have in our system that the president didn't seem to have any political will to even try to address uh, before the coronavirus um, uh, challenge. And that is that, you know, access to quality health care and the equitable treatment of people in this country has been sorely lacking, not just in his time, but for a very long time. Uh, And so the way that he treated the coronavirus, knowing in January, and yet coming out of the box and saying, knowing in January, 
that it was lethal and that it was uh, basically floating in the air. And then coming out of the box and blaming it as a democratic hoax, saying that, you know, this thing would just disappear, uh, saying that people shouldn't wear masks, undermining the science, giving disinformation and misinformation. You know, if uh, Elijah were alive, he would either call it wanton endangerment, uh, wanton uh, and recklessness and reckless endangerment, uh, bordering on genocide. Very interested in the question of systems because um, this book is about uh, appealing to the better angels of America. Uh, are there things that you think Congress can do uh, to counteract the question of um, an illegitimate election uh, coming up next month or uh, in two months, actually? Um, the question of what to do if the president you know, claims the, the election has been rigged and refuses to leave. Um, are we actually a strong enough democracy to absorb that and and move beyond it or does he just get to stay we're about to find out i'll tell you this i i haven't been necessarily heartened by uh the democratic responses to uh republican uh, bullying i think institutional kind of like they they've just been relentless uh in terms of making up the rules as they go along uh, for their own partisan advantage. And it seems like every time the Democratic Party seems flat-footed. But we actually have a president who's actually telegraphed what he's about to do next. Uh, he's telegraphed that he wants to call the, the integrity of the election into uh, uh, question. Uh, he has said publicly that, you know, that mail-in ballots are fraudulent. He has said publicly that he is going to contest the re election. He has said publicly that he is likely, unlikely to leave if he doesn't like the results. He has said publicly that he is gaming the Supreme Court nomination uh, of Amy Cohen Barrett uh, so that he can possibly have his election actually decided by her. So knowing all this, you would think that there would be some strategy group in the Congress, maybe even in the CIA or the FBI uh, that was ready, or even the military. Uh, that was ready and prepared uh, for what comes next. I don't know that that's actually happening. I'm also not on the inside. I will tell you this, we are a relatively, we have been, I guess, one of the world's longest democracies, but what, what this whole trial with, uh, with this president has done uh, is shown just where the weaknesses are. I mean, it's unacceptable that we have the U.S. Justice Department uh, just a policy sitting over at the Justice Department saying that a sitting president can't be um, uh, uh, prosecuted. Uh, that needs to actually be codified into law, yay or nay, by the U.S. Congress. There's a lot that the U.S. Congress needs to do. We need to modify our Constitution and do some other things to make sure that we strengthen the guardrails of our democracy. Let me get you on the other side. How do you think uh, former Vice President Joe Biden has been doing in this campaign and what hopes do you um, hold for him? I really just um, hope that he decimates this man tonight in the uh, in the uh, uh, in the uh, debates. I also hope that you know he you know comes out even stronger after the debate. Uh, we know that he has had a, a long history of debating, and so um, you know I have high hopes for him in that regard. I think that you know in the beginning it was slow. Uh, after the nomination of his vice president, it picked up dramatically. Uh, we saw, of course, um, there were donations coming in from around the country, and he seems to be doing well financially, this Biden-Harris ticket. And so with that, you know, he's got a lot on his shoulders because 
you know, there's a the Democratic Party is a big tent, you know, from the very most progressive people in the country uh, to very conservative Democrats. And uh, and he's going to have to manage a lot. Uh, and so with that, you know, my hope is that he will think about announcing a coalition government uh, so that, you know, so that people on all ends of the spectrum actually understand that he's looking to be truly collaborative if he's elected to office. But at the same time, he's going to have to duck and dodge because this president, as Elijah warns in this book, uh, will go to any length, any. And when we say any, we mean any length uh, to actually um, make sure that he maintains the reins of power. And so that means that until this is over and maybe even beyond that, Joe Biden is actually also, uh, you know, in danger, and he has to work hard uh, to to win this. You ran to replace your husband in the special election um, after his death. Uh, you sound like someone who has um, a lot of thoughts on politics and expertise there. Do you want to run for office again? Well, I'm a PhD in political science. Uh, I've spent a lot of time writing uh, and uh, commentating and everything else with regards to politics. I served in the United States government. Elijah and I met on Capitol Hill when I worked on the House Ways and Means Committee. Uh, And so, you know, the fact of the matter is is I run twice. Um, You know, I'm never going to say never. But right now, I'm focused on doing what the task is right in front of me, which is projecting and sharing Elijah's words with the world and doing what he wanted me to do. Uh, which was to make sure that people know, people know, and that they make their decisions accordingly. Uh, And so with that, you know, I always believe that good people should run for office. I especially want to encourage women out there to really consider running. We need your voices in mass number at every level of government. We need good people. What I think this experiment with Donald J. Trump, the reality president, has uh, showed for us, is that, you know, your, your governmental institutions are only as good as the people who actually uh, power them. Doesn't it also, I mean, last thing here, I don't want to take too much of your time, but um, it seems to me that a lot of people are going to watch the last four years and say, hey, I don't want any piece of politics. Uh, this is a nasty business. I am so sorry to tell you, but this, I mean, civic engagement is the cost of uh, maintaining a democracy. You know, we don't have the ability to walk away from our civic duty uh, and say, I don't want to be involved. Yes, we do have free riders out there, people who absolutely say that they can't stand it. But we absolutely need people who are engaged at every level of government because I sincerely believe, of course, that government is our highest expression uh, as uh, of community. Um, and through the people that we elect to office uh, and the decisions that we make collectively through those choices – Uh, we are able to actually maintain a stable society. If you want a stable democracy where you have a voice, you have to be involved. Well, the name of that book is We're Better Than This by the late Congressman Elijah Cummings. His wife, Dr. Maya Rockymore Cummings, will give a virtual talk about the book and its message for Berkshire Ali, the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, on Wednesday night. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Take care. All right, that does it for this episode of the WAMC News Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Ian Pickus.